Chapter Twenty One of Dope. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Dope by Sax Romer. Chapter Twenty One. The Cigarettes from Buenos Aires. Sir Lucian's intervention proved successful. Casma's charges became more modest and rita no longer found it necessary to deprive herself of hats and dresses in order to obtain drugs but nevertheless these were not the halcyon days of old she was now surrounded by spies it was necessary to resort to all kinds of subterfuge in order to cover her expenditures at the establishment in old bond street her husband never questioned her outlay but on the other hand it was expedient to be armed against the possibility of his doing so and rita's debts were accumulating formidably then there was margaret halley to consider rita had never hitherto given her confidence to anyone who was not addicted to the same practices as herself and she frequently experienced embarrassment beneath the grave scrutiny of margaret's watchful eyes in another this attitude of gentle disapproval would have been irritating but rita loved and admired margaret and suffered accordingly as for sir lucian she had ceased to understand him an impalpable barrier seemed to have arisen between them the inner man had become inaccessible her mind was not subtle enough to grasp the real explanation of this change in her old lover being based upon wrong premises her inferences were necessarily wide of the truth and she believed that sir lucian was jealous of margaret's cousin quinton gray gray met rita at margaret halley's flat shortly after he had returned home from service in the east and he immediately conceived a violent infatuation for this pretty friend of his cousin's in this respect his conduct was in no way peculiar few men were proof against the seductive mrs monty irvin not because she designedly encouraged admiration but because she was one of those fortunately rare characters who inspire it without conscious effort her appeal to men was sweetly feminine and quite lacking in that self-assertive and masculine take me or leave me attitude which characterizes some of the beauties of today there was nothing abstract about her delicate loveliness yet her charm was not wholly physical many women disliked her at dance theatre and concert quinton gray played the doting cavalier and rita who was used to at least one such adoring attendant accepted his homage without demur monty urban returned to civil life but rita showed no disposition to dispense with her new admirer both gray and sir lucian had become frequent visitors at prince's gate and irvin who understood his wife's character up to a point made them his friends shortly after monty irvin's return sir lucian taxed rita again with her increasing subjection to drugs she was in a particularly gay humor as the supplies from casma had been regular and she laughingly fenced with him when he reminded her of her declared intention to reform when her husband should return you are really as bad as margaret she declared 
there is nothing the matter with me you talk of curing me as though i were ill physician heal thyself the sardonic smile momentarily showed upon pine's face and i know when and where to pull up rita he said a woman never knows this if i were deprived of opium to-morrow i could get along without it i have given up opium replied rita it's too much trouble and the last time molly and i went she paused glancing quickly at sir lucian go on he said grimly i know you have been to sinsinoise what happened the last time well continued rita hurriedly monty seemed to be vaguely suspicious besides mrs sin charged me most preposterously i really cannot afford it lucy i am glad you cannot but what i was about to say was this suppose you were to be deprived not of chard but of cocaine and veronal do you know what would happen to you oh whispered rita why will you persist in trying to frighten me i'm not going to be deprived of them i persist dear because i want you to try gradually to depend less upon drugs so that if the worst should happen you would have a chance rita stood up and faced him biting her lip lucy she said do you mean that kasma i mean that anything might happen rita after all we do possess a police service in london and one day there might be an accident kasma has certain influence but it may be withdrawn rita won't you try she was watching him closely and now the pupils of her beautiful eyes became dilated you know something she said slowly which you are keeping from me he laughed and turned aside i know that i am compelled to leave england again rita for a time and i should be a happier man if i knew that you were not so utterly dependent upon kasma oh lucy are you going away again i must but i shall not be absent long i hope rita sank down upon the settee from which she had risen and was silent for some time then i will try lucy she promised i will go to margaret halley as she is always asking me to do good girl said pine quietly it is just a question of making the effort rita you will succeed with margaret's help a short time later solution left england but throughout the last week that he remained in london rita spent a great part of every day in his company she had latterly begun to experience an odd kind of remorse for her treatment of the inscrutably reserved baronet his earlier intentions she had not forgotten but she had long ago forgiven him and now she often felt sorry for this man whom she had deliberately used as a stepping-stone to fortune gray was quite unable to conceal his jealousy he seemed to think that he had a proprietary right to mrs monty urban's society and during the week preceding sir lucian's departure gray came perilously near to making himself ridiculous on more than one occasion one night on leaving a theatre rita suggested to pine that they should proceed to a supper club for an hour it'll be like old times she said but your husband is expecting you 
protested Sir Lucian. Let's ring him up and ask him to join us. He won't, but he cannot very well object then. As a result, they presently found themselves descending a broad carpeted stairway. From the rooms below arose the strains of an American melody. Dancing was in progress, or rather, one of those orgiastic ceremonies which passed for dancing during this pagan period. Just by the foot of the stairs, they paused and surveyed the scene. Why, said Rita, there is Quinton, glaring insanely, silly boy. You see whom he is with? asked Sir Lucian. Molly Gretna. But I mean the woman sitting down. Rita stood on tiptoe, trying to obtain a view, and suddenly, oh, she exclaimed, Mrs. Sin. The dance at that moment concluding, they crossed the floor and joined the party. Mrs. Sin greeted them with one of her rapid, mirthless smiles. She was wearing a gown noticeable, but not for quantity, even in that semi-draped assembly. Molly Gretna giggled rapturously, but Gray, swiftly changing color, betrayed a mood which he tried in vain to conceal by his manner. Having exchanged a few words with the new arrivals, he evidently realized that he could not trust himself to remain longer, and now I must be off, he said awkwardly. I have an appointment, important business. Good night, everybody. He turned away and hurried from the room. Rita flushed slightly and exchanged a glance with Sir Lucian. Mrs. Sin, who had been watching the three intently, did not fail to perceive this glance. Molly Gretna characteristically said a silly thing. Oh, she cried, I wonder whatever is the matter with him. He looks as though he had gone mad. It is perhaps his heart, said Mrs. Sin harshly, and she raised her bold dark eyes to Sir Lucian's face. Oh, please, don't talk about hearts, cried Rita, willfully misunderstanding. Monty has a weak heart, and it frightens me. So? murmured Mrs. Sin. Poor fellow. I think a weak heart is most romantic, declared Molly Gretna. But Gray's behavior had cast a shadow upon the party, which even Molly's empty, light-hearted chatter was powerless to dispel. And when shortly after midnight, Sir Lucian drove Rita home to Prince's Gate. They were very silent throughout the journey, just before the car reached the house. Where does Mrs. Sin live? asked Rita, although it was not of Mrs. Sin that she had been thinking. In Limehouse, I believe, replied Sir Lucian. At the house. But I fancy she has rooms somewhere in town also. He stayed only a few minutes at Prince's Gate, and as the car returned along Piccadilly, Sir Lucian glancing upward towards the windows of a tall block of chambers facing the green park, observed a light in one of them. Acting upon a sudden impulse, he raised the speaking tube. Pull up, Fraser, he directed. The chauffeur stopped the car, and Sir Lucian alighted, glancing at the clock inside as he did so and smiling at his own quixotic behavior he entered an imposing doorway and rang one of the bells there was an interval of two minutes or so when the door opened and a man looked out is that you willis asked pine 
oh i beg pardon sir lucian i didn't know you in the dark has mr gray retired yet not yet will you please follow me sir lucian the stairway lights are off a few moments later sir lucian was shown into the apartment of gray's which oddly combined the atmosphere of a gymnasium with that of a study gray wearing a dressing-gown and having a pipe in his mouth was standing up to receive his visitor his face rather pale and the expression of his lips at variance with that in his eyes but hello pine he said quietly anything wrong or have you just looked in for a smoke sir lucian smiled a trifle sadly i wanted to chat gray he replied i'm leaving town tomorrow or i should not have intruded at such an unearthly hour no intrusion muttered gray try the armchair no the big one it's more comfortable he raised his voice willis bring some fluid sir lucian sat down and from the pocket of his dinner jacket took out a plain brown packet of cigarettes and selected one here said gray have a cigar no thanks replied pine i rarely smoke anything but these never seen that kind of packet before declared gray what brand are they no particular brand they are imported from buenos aires i believe willis having brought the tray of refreshments and departed again sir lucian came at once to the point i really called gray he said to clear up any misunderstanding there may be in regard to rita irvin quinton gray looked up suddenly when he heard rita's name and what misunderstanding he asked regarding the nature of my friendship with her answered sir lucian coolly now i'm going to speak quite bluntly gray because i like rita and i respect her i also like and respect monty irvin and i don't want you or anybody else to think that rita and i are or ever have been anything more than pals i have known her long enough to have learned that she sails straight and has always sailed straight now listen gray please you embarrassed me tonight, old chap and you embarrassed rita it was unnecessary he paused and then added slowly she is as sacred to me gray as she is to you and we are both friends of monty irvin for a moment quentin gray's fiery temper flickered up as his heightened color showed but the coolness of the older and cleverer man prevailed gray laughed stood up and held out his hand you're right pine he said but she's damned pretty he uttered a loud sigh if only she were not married sir lucian gripped the outstretched hand but his answering smile had much pathos in it if only she were not gray he echoed he took his departure shortly afterwards absently leaving a brown packet of cigarettes upon the table it was an accident yet there were few when the truth respecting sir lucian pine became known who did not believe it had been a deliberate act designed to lure quentin gray into the path of the poppy End of chapter 21 Recording by John Brandon